Hello, I'm Andrew Locke, and this is the show that helps entrepreneurs like you to get more done and have more fun. In this episode, why most car dealers just don't get marketing, I reveal the first few steps you need to take to build a profitable online business. There's two nifty clicks and a big marketing lesson from IKEA. There's one type of shopping that I detest. I loathe it, I hate it. Any ideas what it is? Buying a car. Just thinking about it sends shivers down my spine. I'd rather have a root canal than have to buy a car. Car salesmen have a bad reputation for a reason. I reckon that many of them make it a sadistic mission to overcharge you in every way possible. Worthless add-ons, overinflated upsells, and all kinds of other tricks. I still remember the last time I bought a car. It was several hours of intense pain, just like being stabbed in the eye with a red hot poker. Exactly the same, maybe even a bit worse. After about an hour of one-way negotiation that obviously favored the dealership, the salesman purses his lips with an, ooh, I don't think we can do that, and then goes off into a back room to chat with his manager. Now, did you know that the room that they disappear into is painted to look like a manager's office from the outside, but inside there's coffee, donuts, big plasma TV, massage chair. You didn't really think they were going to speak with their manager, did you? They're having a 10 minute break, leaving you to sweat it out. Eventually they come back and with a straight face, they say, well, we talked about your case in detail told him what a nice couple you are and he said well we've never done this before but in your case we could sacrifice all profit on this sale and make it up with another customer and we're going to donate $500 to save the children as well if you sign here now. Oh there's another trick as your pen hits the signature line and starts to move they say quickly of course the final price will include an extra twelve hundred dollars for miscellaneous fees a through f we've added those for your convenience for my convenience it doesn't sound very convenient to pay more than what you originally told me does it but alas it's too late you look down and discover your pen had automatically completed the signature while you were being distracted Just like a slick magician, the salesman got one over on you. He whips away the contract and then he hands you over to the evil finance department who then have to break the news that due to a late payment back in 1974, you're eligible for the 83% interest rate, not the 1% rate that the salesman had guaranteed. Oh, if only all this was an exaggeration. If only those dealers realized that everything they do is marketing and that marketing is everything. My last car buying experience was so bad that I set up a website to expose the greedy, crafty, deceitful, lying, cheating practices of the dealer. I'm not upset much. Only after I signed the contract did I discover some teeny tiny small print that confirmed that they had used well-known tricks to con me out of thousands of dollars extra. As you can imagine, I've told everyone I know about what happened and I'll never set foot in that place again. On the positive side, a friend told me about another dealer who simply charges a set percentage above the book rate. No negotiation, no haggling, just a set and fair 
reasonable price. And I've since heard only positive things about that dealer, so that's where I'm going to head for my next car. Well, I'm sure that you can relate to at least some of what I've said. These unscrupulous dealers are fools. Apparently they believe that they'll get away with their devious tricks forever. By contrast, what about the dealer that treats customers fairly and completes the process quickly and efficiently? I'll tell the whole world about a dealer like that, and I'm sure you would too. So how about your business? Are you in it for the long term, or can you see areas for improvement? Don't try and make a fast buck. Focus on providing value for money in a way that goes far beyond your competitors. You won't regret it, I guarantee. Let me know your thoughts about this topic on the blog. Now it's time for your questions with Ask Andrew. Right, a question here from Philip Skinner in the UK. And Philip writes, Andrew, if you were starting out today for the first time to build a profitable business online, what would be the first few steps you would take? Well, I hear a lot of different opinions on this topic, and being completely realistic about it, the first thing to understand and admit is that you need enough money to pay the bills. You can't just drop your existing job and expect the money to come in on day one. So be realistic in your expectations and be sure that you can pay the bills while you develop this new business. Now with that said, the most important first steps are to do research. Why is that? Because you need to be sure that the business is viable. Even successful entrepreneurs have failures from time to time, so you definitely want to minimize the risk by being as sure as you can be that customers will buy whatever it is that you're planning to sell. And the best tool I've found for doing research is called Google. That's right, Google has everything you need. Now, specifically, you want to find out, firstly, whether there are people who are already buying similar items online. And if there aren't, that's a concern. Competition is good because it means that other people are already making money in the same field. You also want to find out how much competition there is. See, if the market is swamped with sellers, that's not good. There's definitely a balance to be had. The next thing you need to research is how to reach the target market. In other words, where do these prospective customers hang out online? Are there forums you can post on? Are there any blogs? Do you see Google pay-per-click ads? Is there an industry association you can develop a relationship with? See, if it's difficult to reach your intended audience, it's obviously going to be very difficult to sell. And then finally, you need to research the unique selling point of each of these competitors that you find. Try and determine what aspect of marketing that they're focusing on. And once you know that, you can then tailor your marketing to present an even better offer. So that's where I would start. It's all fairly logical stuff, but the point is very few business owners go through this kind of process. It's an important process, one that you don't want to shortcut, because if you just plow in unprepared, your chances of success are slim. Now then, I've decided to give away three months of microwave marketing to everyone that asks a question that's featured on the show. And for those who were featured on previous episodes, we'll make sure that you also get the microwave marketing gift too. 
Once you've created persuasive videos to help sell your products, what do you do with them? That's where this week's Nifty Click will help you out. It's called TubeMogul, and quite simply, it'll distribute your video to sites like YouTube, Google Video, AOL Video, MetaCafe, and many more. It's all done automatically, and you even get to see stats of how many people view your videos on each of the sites. TubeMogul is very easy to use, and best of all, it's completely free. Now, for those of you who want to distribute your videos to even more sites, as well as have them converted to podcasts, the best tool is called Traffic Geyser, and that's at trytrafficgeyser.com. Now, it's not cheap, but it's the ultimate way to get your videos out there. I've managed to get top 10 rankings in Google within 48 hours using this tool, so I definitely recommend it. This week's big marketing lesson is from IKEA, the Swedish-based furniture company. Now, IKEA has mastered the art of turning negatives into positives. I'll explain. IKEA has a lot of negative aspects about their business. You have to go around the warehouse and collect all these flat pack boxes that you need. You then have to transport these large boxes home yourself, and you have to assemble the furniture yourself. There are other negatives, but you get the idea. Now, let's see how IKEA handles these issues, cleverly turning negatives into positives. Now, firstly, they've established a brand that gives the message quality at low prices. They say, you do your part, we do ours, and together we save money. Now, they present this message constantly in the catalog, in stores, on signage, and so on. Every customer is well-educated as to why they're getting a good deal. Here's an excerpt from their current catalog. It says, shopping is a bit different at the IKEA store. We ask you to share in some of the work. At the store, you pick up what you want and take everything home and put it together yourself. Why do we do this? To offer you low prices. Doing work yourself means you don't have to pay someone else to do it for you. It's a little extra effort from you that makes a big difference to the price. And we have to do some extra work for low prices too. Can you see how clever that positioning is? What would cause people to normally be angry or irritated is repositioned as a positive. The question now is, what perceived negatives can you turn around in your business? It's surprisingly simple to reframe negatives to make them appealing as benefits rather than a weakness. As an example, my dad supplies and fits kitchens, but he's a one-man operation competing against these large national companies with huge buying power. Well, my dad turned a perceived negative into a positive by telling customers that throughout the entire process, from the initial consultation down through to the fitting, they get to deal with just one person. And guess what? That changes a lot of their perception to see the little guy as the better deal, because very often they'd rather pay more and get personalized service rather than being passed through six or seven people and just treated as a faceless customer number 4,352. So the lesson to take away is you can turn negatives into positives to make your business stand out from the crowd. Well, that wraps it up for this week. 
Next week, there's another bumper crop of marketing lessons, nifty clicks, and more. Until next time, I'm Andrew Locke, and it's been a pleasure to help you get more done and have more fun. Thank you.